want to share with you one of the things that I was uh, really encouraged by over the last uh, year. Not only 40 days of community, I'm sure you'd probably thought you'd heard me uh, the last of me mentioning that because I went on about it a lot last year, didn't I? But um, what's been really encouraging to me is the way that we as a church, I think, have come together through this time of change that's happened over the last year after uh, Philip and Mike left. We came together and we've been working and desperately seeking what God has been calling us to work towards. And what's been even more brilliant than the way we came together after they left was the way we are heading now in this new direction under Patrick. And we're all eager to work together and see where God is going to be calling and leading us as a community together for the future. We saw, we've seen God at work in so many individual lives, but also when we work together, when we love one another and work together, it really does speak so loudly, I think, to the world around us about what an awesome God we have and share this, uh, make us want to share this incredible news of the love of Jesus with those around us. Anyway, let's uh, look at uh, tonight's, uh, not one passage, but two passages. Very familiar passages. We've looked at them uh, quite a bit recently. But they're going to be, I think, that uh, as Patrick said this morning, for those of you that are there, they're, they're, they're really, really uh, significant and important passages for us to, to look at and hold on to as we as a church sort of look at our, our, our vision and reevaluate what God is calling us to do in this morning because they, in, in the future because they contain some really, really important uh, truths for us uh, to focus on and be challenged uh, and encouraged by. And obviously the Great Commandments and the Great Commission. But I've spoken more at this service, I, th I think, uh, at least twice over the last um, sort of three or four months. But I'm just going to share a, a few reflections on these passages, sort of linked with this idea of what work is God wanting to do amongst us as a community and as uh, individuals over this next year or so. We're going to look at the commissioning of uh, the disciples first, which if you want to follow in your Bible is in uh, the church Bible is on page 1001. If you want to look at it on the app on your phone, it's uh, Matthew 28, right at the end, starting at uh, verse 16. Let me read it out to you. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, that's Jesus, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So just a little bit of context to remind you of uh, these words. These are the final words that we have recorded in, in the Gospel of Matthew that Jesus said to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. So it happens after his uh, crucifixion and uh, resurrection. 
So that's kind of the context. And the first sort of thing I want to, um, us, us to note or reflect upon in this uh, passage is this idea of baptizing, going and baptizing and making disciples of people from all nations and, uh, and all people groups around the world. And what I want us to note about that is that this commandment to go and make disciples was not a new bit of information or a new instruction to the disciples. It certainly wasn't an instruction that should have come as a surprise to them. Because right from the start of Jesus' calling of his uh, disciples, it had always been linked with the sharing and letting others know about Jesus' idea. I'm going to read you... Um, the first words that are recorded in Mark's gospel of what Jesus said to two of his first disciples, to Simon and Andrew. Um, I mean, it's only one verse. You can look at it if you want, but it's from Mark 1 and it's verse 17. Jesus says, Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Or as some Bibles translate it, Come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. By following me, Jesus is saying right at the start to them, you'll learn how to tell other people about me. Jesus' disciples right from the start weren't just meant to learn about Jesus so they could get on with their own lives with little external difference other than some kind of nice inner peace that they got for themselves to carry around with them. No, Jesus' disciples right from the start knew that following Jesus included the responsibility to share his good news to the world. Perhaps to put it another way, following Jesus' ways results in making him known in the world. The two are linked. I think I'm brave enough to ask this question. But I wonder what the relationship is between you guys and girls being here right now in church and what you do and who you are during the week. What difference does being here now make to your day-to-day -day life? I hope it is transformational. It is helpful in making Jesus known because it should be. Meeting with Jesus was a transformational and life-equipping experience to those early disciples. And it should be for us. It's not just a personal, internal thing that we have. Faith in Jesus is so much more than that. But faith in Jesus also equips us to be able to make Jesus known to others in a way that is attractive and catches people up in that incredible love of God. Just like those early disciples, 
just like it happened to them. They followed Jesus and were transformed and equipped and did, in fact, make him known to many, many people during Jesus' ministry and afterwards once they were equipped with the Holy Spirit, which is why we have the church today, millions and millions and millions of people all around the world because people have been transformed and shared this wonderful news of God with the world. And this commandment here to to go and make disciples is something that is relevant for us, each of us here. We are people that should come to Jesus and be transformed so that we can go out and share this news with others around us. It's something that our followers of Jesus are expected and commanded to do. And that's one of the things that we're really going to be uh, focusing on this year is how can we be better as a whole community in sharing this wonderful news with the rest of our community, many of whom know little, if anything, about this awesome God that we worship. I want to be more confident and willing and ready, people that are more confident, willing and ready to share this glorious news of God with those that we meet. Just before we move on to sort of the the, the next passage, I just want to sort of share a second uh, note um, about that that verse from, from Mark, actually. Uh, and it's to do with, with, with the language that Jesus use, uses. Remember, he said, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Notice how the language fitted in with where Simon and Andrew were at, their current place of life. They were fishermen. And he said, come follow me and I will make you fish for people. Jesus knew and recognized who they were what they were doing and what they were naturally gifted at. That phrase kind of tells us that. And I reckon if um, they had been farmers, Jesus would have probably said something different to them. He would have said, come and follow me and I will teach you how to grow disciples because Jesus meets people where they are at. What would he say to a salesperson today? Come and follow me, and I will teach you how to sell the gospel, maybe? Or to a computer programmer? Come and follow me, and I will teach you how to solve the problems that stop people coming to me. I don't know. But there you go. Jesus, we all have uh, different gifts, and Jesus calls us and meets us where we're at, but his words transform us and will enable us to make him known with who we are and what we have. I think a lot of us uh, are somewhere between mildly to moderately terrified about sharing our faith with other people sometimes. But what we need to be reassured about is uh, that Jesus does really know who we are and where we're all at, just like he did with those disciples who were ill-equipped at the start, yet they followed Jesus trusted him and his words and were equipped in ways beyond their imagination at that time. 
And I think it can be the same for us as well if we trust God's words, trust Jesus, and allow them to really transform us and not let fear rule instead. Jesus knows we're all different. And he knows we all have different gifts. Gifts that he can use to make him known in the world. Let's allow God to use those gifts for him. Look at the final verses of the Great Commission. There's the final verse of the Great Commission as well. It says, surely I am with you till the end of the age. Jesus is constantly with us and in us through his Holy Spirit, constantly teaching and helping us to know him better and to make him known to others. So let him be at work in us, using what we have, taking us from where we are to complete his work in us, work that will draw us to him and send us out to let other people know. Let's uh, turn our attention as well now to the second uh, sort of passage and focus that we're looking on tonight. So we've had the, uh, the, the, the Great Commission. Now let's have a look at the Great Commandment. Another important uh, verses in the Bible. That's on page uh, 991 in the Church Bibles if you, you want to flick through. It's from Matthew uh, 20 up to 22. I'm going to start reading sort of about halfway through verse 35. Sorry if that's slightly confusing. A lawyer asked Jesus a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. These verses are called the, the, the great commandment because they're, uh, what Jesus is basically saying in there is he's simplifying the law into two really, really easy to understand commandments. Our Christian life can be boiled down to two things. Loving God with everything we have and loving others as we love ourselves. The question I want to look at tonight is how do these two actually link together? How does loving God help us love others? Well, I think one of the, the greatest ways that we can show our love for God is by listening and valuing his words. If we love and respect people, we value their words, don't we? We respect them and listen to them and let them have impact on us. I can just imagine how my wife would feel if I told her I loved her, but never listened or acted upon any of the words or instructions that she gives me from time to time. Today, um, she had to pop out when she was halfway through lunch 
and I, because I loved her and I also loved food as well, I listened carefully to the instructions she gave me on when the roast potatoes needed to go into the oven, when the beef, we had roast beef for lunch, it was lovely, when the beef needed to come out and also when the vegetables needed to go in, in and out of the oven. The instructions, because I, I, I loved her, I knew it was important, she would be upset if I didn't do it. So I listened and I followed those instructions and I bathed and we had a wonderful wonderful uh, roast beef lunch today. Uh, it's the same with God, isn't it? If we say we love and respect him, we should place a high value on his words, respect and listen to them and allow them to impact us, to change our behavior for them. I'm sure many of us uh, know the parable as well of the wise and the foolish builder. If you don't know, I'll uh, tell you the story really, really quickly. The foolish builder built his house on sand, and a wise builder built his house on rock. And we have the wind and rain and floods come, we're told, uh, Jesus in this story. And what happened to the house on the sand? It collapsed. But what happened to the house that was built on the rock? It stood firm. Well done. What was the phrase that Jesus introduced that parable with? Does anybody know without looking at their Bibles? Let me enlighten you. Jesus started the parable with this phrase. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who. A wise person, Jesus says, takes his words and puts them into practice. And his words include instructions to make him known, don't they? In our words and in the ways we behave. In fact, I believe it is the most loving thing we can do for others to let people know about Jesus because our God, the love of God is just so indescribable. It's just so awesome to know. It is the most loving thing that anybody could ever know. As, as a church, we, we sometimes talk, don't we, about the cost of following Jesus, the cost of discipleship and what we might have to give up to follow him. You know, it's, it's not always easy. It doesn't mean your life's going to suddenly have no problems. And that is true. But as we say that, we can often forget about the great joy that comes from being in a relationship with God and the great cost of non-discipleship. Something I was reading in a book recently that really sort of struck home to me was a, was a quote. I'm going to read it to you now from a guy called uh, Dallas uh, Willard, who's an author that's written quite a lot of books about uh, what it means to be a disciple. And he says this, The cost of not living as a disciple is missing out on abiding peace, living a life penetrated by love, Faith that responds to every situation in the knowledge of God's goodness and his presence that stands firm amidst, amidst discouragement, threat or pain has the power to do good in the face of evil. The cost of non-discipleship is missing the abundant life Jesus offers. Jesus came to give us 
so much. He came to love us beyond our wildest imaginations. And let, he has let us all have that opportunity to receive that love from him. And he instructs us to make it known. The most loving thing we can do for others is do all that we can to make it known for them. Yes, we have to do it sensitively and sensibly in a way that doesn't unnecessarily put people off. But we need to work at being confident to share God's story and our story with those around us. Because it really is life-changing news. It really is the best way to love God and love others. So, as I come to the end, we've looked back on some great things that have happened over the year in this church. But as we look forward, I ask you this question, similar to what I asked at the start about where God is at work in you. Where do you think God wants to work at in you over this next year? Are there ways in which God wants you to get better or grow in sharing his good news with others, in growing of your love of him and love of others? Are there particular people in your world that you can share God's love with this year? Let's pray. Father, I thank you that we can all be here confident that you are in the midst of us, amongst us, right now. Lord, that you continue to work in us and with us each and every day. Lord, as we've looked back, we thank you for all those things that you have worked in and through in this community over the last year. Thank you for all those people you sent out from here. And thank you for all the people that you have brought here. But Lord, as we look to the future as well, may you help us grow all of us in our love of you this year. Will you help us to be people that are confident in your incredible love for us? Will you help us to be people that are brave to share your good news? with the world. Help us be confident in our words and actions with those that we know that we may make you known, make the most of the opportunities that you give to each and every one of us. May you be guiding us individually but also as a community together 
as we seek to love you and love one another for your glory and for your good news. Amen.